Welcome to the DevOps Sauna podcast. I am Lauri and I run our marketing at Efficode. In our series, Block It Out Loud, we dive into our more popular blog posts, giving you the chance to enjoy this content in audio format. You can find the link to the original blog post in the show notes. Enjoy! The 10 mistakes that will cost you the most when migrating your DevOps tools to AWS. Migrating your DevOps toolchain to AWS is great, but it's a big undertaking that's easy to slip up. Some mistakes will hurt you in the short run, and some you might regret forever. Efficode has guided companies along this journey many times and knows which mistakes were made. To help you avoid the same mistakes, we're sharing the most common ones with you and what you can do to prevent them. If you don't, you might end up dealing with a bunch of headaches, including paying for services you don't need or use, doing unnecessary maintenance down the line, and migrating the same old inefficiencies to the cloud. You might also miss out on features that can make life a lot easier for you. And finally, you might invite extra work that you could easily do away with if you choose a managed service. So let's dig in. Mistake number one, moving databases to AWS without looking at alternative database engines. When migrating to the cloud, moving your existing database to AWS without looking at alternatives is the easiest option. Just pick up your existing database and drop it in the cloud as is. But this can be a costly mistake. Why? Because you can also use other databases that don't have licensing costs. For instance, Let's say you have a Microsoft SQL Server database. If you move Microsoft SQL Server to the cloud, it can cost you fortunes, especially compared to alternatives that we'll list in this episode. You can potentially save tens of thousands of dollars per year on just one server by using an AWS managed database service called RDS. So try this instead. Find out if it's possible to move your expensive database to a more cost-effective alternative. AWS provides tools to help you with this. We can recommend AWS Babelfish for Aurora Postgres. This tool lets your application talk to an AWS Aurora Postgres SQL database, even if your application was written for a Microsoft SQL Server with little to no code change. AWS also has other tools to help you with database migration, such as AWS Schema Conversion Tool. AWS fully manages the AWS managed databases. This frees up your time along with many other benefits. The second mistake is simply migrating servers to AWS as EC2s without evaluating which AWS services you can use. Don't migrate to EC2 if a suitable managed or serverless service does the same job without the need to maintain and patch a server. Reduce complexity when you can. For example, if you use an AWS RDS database, AWS patches and takes care of redundancy if you enable the option. Of course, there are exceptions to this that you might need to evaluate. But you will potentially but you'll potentially waste money and manpower that could be better spent elsewhere. Imagine having a service in the cloud that you never have to patch, upgrade, and maintain that can still do the job for you. AWS offers many managed services that can make your life easier. Not evaluating them is a mistake. To prevent this, you should look at which managed and serverless services AWS offers that can make your workload easier to manage. For example, 
see what it would mean for you if you used managed databases from AWS or a serverless Kubernetes cluster from AWS. Are you using a message queuing service? AWS has a few different managed solutions you could consider, which would take the hassle of managing servers off your plate. Mistake number three, not managing your costs. AWS can get expensive fast if you don't monitor the costs closely. Maybe your developers started a few expensive servers for a test and forgot to terminate them. Or perhaps you're not deleting backups correctly and the costs are adding up. For instance, imagine realizing after a few months that your monthly costs have steadily increased, but the monthly increases were too small for you to notice them. You realize that resources have been lying around costing money when they in fact should have been removed. Now you have a monthly cost that's way higher than before because you're paying for things you're not using. Here's what you can do instead. AWS has tools that can help you monitor your costs and alert you if anything seems strange. But you need to activate these tools. There are also third-party tools that will monitor your cloud costs, give you suggestions, and help you find areas where you can save. Perhaps you have a few servers that you only use Mondays to Fridays to save money. Remember, in AWS, you pay for the time your resources are running. So if you stop a server, you won't pay for that compute time. Also, an EC2 Windows server is twice as expensive as an EC2 Linux server since you're paying for a Windows license. Avoid using Windows, if possible, to lower your costs. Don't be afraid to try new instance types, such as AMD-powered instances or AWS Graviton. AMD is generally 5 to 10% more cost-effective than Intel. And you can save even more by using AWS Graviton if your application can run on ARM CPUs. Benchmark the different instance types with your application and see what works for you. Mistake number four is not realizing that instance size requirements can change over time. Some applications and services don't use auto-scaling, so you have to pick an instance type and size. But the compute requirements for a server might change over time. Maybe a specific server had a heavy load a few months ago that now has a very light load. This could mean you're paying for a large instance when you would be perfectly fine with a smaller one. You're now paying AWS a lot more money than necessary when something as simple as downsizing the server can cut your server costs in half or more. For example, perhaps you have an AWS RDS database that you can downsize, or an application running on an EC2 server only using 10% of the available resources. Instead, you can reevaluate your instance sizes a few times per year to make sure you're not paying more than you need. AWS has free tools for this, and you can also use third-party tools to help you manage instance sizes. The fifth mistake people make is not considering the costs of data transfer. Data transfer often costs money in AWS, depending on source and destination. A data transfer from the internet to AWS is free, but it will cost money when you send data in these instances. Number one, from AWS to the internet. Number two, from one availability zone to another. And three, to a different AWS region. If you're not aware of this and start using AWS, you could be in for a big surprise when your bill arrives. For instance, 
if you have a server on-premise that pulls many terabytes of data out of AWS, it can get expensive. Here's another option you can try. Estimate your networking costs before you start building. Maybe you have a better way to architect your solution. Perhaps the server that downloads a lot of data from AWS to on-premise can be moved to the cloud. Mistake number six, developers deploying unnecessarily expensive services and servers. When you deploy a server or a service in AWS, it's important for your developers to understand the costs of what they're deploying. For example, if you deploy a Microsoft SQL Enterprise server with 16 CPU cores, it will cost you around $5,000 per month. There are many services you can deploy that can be configured with large instances and costly configuration options, such as very fast but expensive storage. Instead, you can make sure your developers understand the costs of what they're deploying in AWS. In the cloud, it's easy to increase the service size later. Don't start with a big, oversized server like you maybe would on-premise. Also, put alerts in place for unexpected cost increases so you can find mistakes before they get expensive. Mistake number seven, not making a solid and feasible plan. Make a solid and feasible plan. Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. For example, some companies start testing out AWS and it turns into a POC. That POC later turns into production. You now most likely have development, validation, and production environments mixed. And now you have a mess on your hands. Instead, make a plan and build a landing zone. You need a solid foundation to build and grow your environment. It's more expensive in the beginning, but you'll save yourself from having to rebuild that environment later. And in the end, you save money and have a more secure environment that follows best practices. Mistake number eight, falling in love with your servers or services. Often servers and services stay around too long because you think you might need something from one in the future. This will lead you to pay much more than necessary. If you look at these costs over a year, it usually adds up to a lot of money. Don't name or fall in love with your servers or services because they're disposable. Be brave enough to kill your most precious darlings. Here's what we recommend. In AWS, restoring a server from backup is fast. If you have servers you want to delete, don't wait too long to terminate the ones you're not using. Take a backup and delete the server. For every hour your server still runs, unnecessary costs accumulate. Mistake number nine. Not understanding that almost everything costs something. A small cost may seem insignificant, but altogether, those small costs add up to one big bill. For instance, Elastic IP is free, as long as it's attached to an instance like EC2. However, Amazon will charge you for each Elastic IP that you reserve and don't use. Otherwise, it accumulates costs every hour. A few EBS volumes laying around, a few old snapshots, all these things by themselves may not have a high cost, but together they can quickly run up to thousands of dollars. Here's a better option you can try. Make sure you remove resources as soon as you don't need them anymore. A third-party tool could help here as well, which will let you know when you have unused resources. And finally, your grand finale, mistake number 10. Not realizing the migration provides a great opportunity for some housekeeping.
even though it may be tempting and easier to move your current on-premise setup to the cloud as is, this is a perfect opportunity to do some housekeeping and cut off and consolidate unnecessary or bloated setups. For example, maybe you're migrating over some servers you're not using. Perhaps you could build something entirely different in AWS to significantly lower the costs. Here's another way. Take the opportunity to remove unneeded servers and optimize your setup when moving to the cloud. Here's another suggestion. Take the opportunity to remove unneeded servers and optimize your setup when moving to the cloud. This relates to some of the previous points, but since it's such a crucial point and is so often overlooked, it deserves its own spot on our list. In summary, having helped so many companies migrate their DevOps tool chains to AWS, we've seen it all. Hopefully, by sharing these common mistakes, you can avoid learning these lessons the hard way. In the words of Otto von Bismarck, only a fool learns from his own mistakes. The wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Happy migration. That was it. Now we would love to hear from you about the further topics we should feature in this series. Our repertoire ranges from DevOps, Agile and Cloud Native to usability, accessibility and service design. Please reach out to us via Twitter, LinkedIn or Facebook and let us know what themes our experts should cover. Until then, Take care of yourself and let's build the future of software development together.